Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of Embargoed, the only podcast dedicated to giving you the pure, unvarnished truth about the madcap sector of technology public relations. <clears throat> I'm Kevin Wolf, and along with David Oro, we will be your hosts and chaperones in this world that we've called our professional home for, uh, for a long time, two plus decades. Uh, every Thursday, to the best of our ability, we will touch on the tech PR headlines of the week. We will inspect and dissect the world of communications. And we promise to not bore you very often with details about which company, which companies have announced whatever. Our aim is to go behind the headlines to tell you what's really going down and have a little fun in an industry that too often takes itself seriously. Anyway. Without further ado, let me uh, welcome my co-host, David Oro. What's up, man? Hey, Kevin. Thanks for... I I'm excited about this. And uh, I think, you know, this is our inaugural run. And for anybody who's listening to this, as they have to keep in mind, um, we're, uh, we don't have the whiz-bang production crew of anybody else, but we're doing it because, uh, um, well, because we want to talk about the profession that we're in. And maybe COVID has a little bit to do with it, too. I'd like to talk to so. anybody outside of my household. <laughs> this is the best, this is best we can do in terms of getting together these days, and uh, we don't do it often enough, so this is a nice chance for us to... Uh... Also, you know, we should mention, Dave, that we are both independent, relatively speaking, independent PR pros, and uh, so, you know, we, we don't have the advantage of colleagues and, you know, not that anybody's seen anybody these days, but this is kind of our chance to uh, be at the water cooler, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a good idea to tell folks what... what a little bit of our background and how we're going to approach this show. And, you know, before we get into introductions, you know, yeah. we're, you know, we're, we want to have fun. We're, we're going to try to pick one or two items, uh, PR items every week and just kind of news items that we see, things that are of interest to us, um, things that are being talked about in the industry or just general um, news and, uh, overall. Try to keep this down to 30 minutes um, and hopefully for a quick listen and, Maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you'll get some insight. Um, and maybe you, most likely, hopefully, you'll come back again and tell your friends. There you go. Maybe, you'll, maybe you'll laugh a little bit. We're going yeah, to we're gonna be uh, irreverent. Um, there's going to be some cursing, Dave. I'm going to warn you in advance. Uh, I, I, I got a foul mouth, so you know, I hope our listeners are okay with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I cuss like a trucker, so let's... let's <laughs> Um, good thing, uh, yeah, good thing, uh, this is, if this is for, uh, you know, of age people only. So, uh, I guess, a quick background, right? So, uh, me personally, I've been at this tech PR thing for 26 years. I was on the agency side, as you know, we worked together back at the Fleischman days 100 years ago. I've been in-house, managed communications in a public software company, and then I've had this business, TGPR, since uh, spring 2002. And, uh, you know, we're a full service firm and we work mainly with early stage uh, enterprise software and services companies. And, you know, we have a good time doing it. We do a lot of content. We do a lot of media stuff. And, you know, we work with companies all over the world. And, uh, you know, I, I miss working with you, Dave. It was, it was a long time ago. But, um, you know, I think we followed similar paths. Well, you, you actually helped me get on this path, Kevin. Okay. So. Yeah, so, you know, Kevin and I will go back. I think, I don't know when you joined Fleischman, but this was the 90s. Um, it was my first job at Fleischman Hillard. I ended up spending seven years at Fleischman Hillard working on that. Mm. We interned uh, 
to to a VP, which I'm, I may have not earned that title at that time, but hey, I got it. Um, it's on the resume, uh, baby. Yeah, so I started out in San Francisco where I met Kevin, and then I went off to Asia for four years, Hong Kong and Beijing, uh, doing global PR on the agency side. Uh, all doing tech PR, by the way. Came back, um, did a contract gig at a place called Open Wave, which was affectionately known as Open Grave. Um, you know, for anybody that's old school, that was the old phone.com company. And I took this, the worst job I ever had, um, this place called Embarcadero Technologies. And I don't know if it, you know, the technology was database software, but it was one of those places where they just did not communicate. Um, rumor had it that the, the, the CEO came out and said something on September 11th, 2001. Um, and that was about it. <laughs> and, and, uh, but I, I stayed there for about seven, I was there for seven months, about three months into it. I was like, I'm out of here. And, uh, Kevin called me up. He's like, why are you working there for so little an hour? You can freelance on your own, you know? And, and, uh, I, I was working on that and I had one client and I had one retainer uh, and it was just a project. It was for $5,000, um, a guy who sold global satellite phones out of Oregon. And uh, that's how I started my consulting career. And I continued that for many years doing full service stuff at like a, uh, at the Oro group, um, working with, you know, clients and uh, uh, everyone from you know startups to large enterprises and I ended up headed up global communications I actually finally took a real job in 2013 and helped launch the company called Pivotal Software where I uh, led global comms and then after that was done came back out to consulting and been doing that since uh, Kevin and I were just talking before this call that you know while we both work for startups I, I definitely have worked for more large enterprises and I like to say that, you know, the, the startups I worked with got bought by the large enterprises and somehow I ended up staying there. Ironport with Cisco, Greenplum with EMC, and then the Pivotal. So it's been a good experience so far. And that's, you know, where we're coming from. Yeah, it is. And uh, I, I like it. I think we're a good mix. I hope our uh, listeners, all, you know, one of them, two of them, hopefully, whatever it grows to, uh, they get a sense. Like we're, Dave and I are similar in a lot of ways. We're coming at the industry from uh similar perspectives but but we've got our own unique experiences so i, I think we're going to bring uh some interesting stuff to bear here uh you want to get to it dave should we uh, hit some of the news and talk some shit yeah let's do that okay uh well what about the big one from last week or is it was it earlier this week maybe let me figure this out i'm gonna click on something it yeah. was Andreessen horowitz starting a new and separate media property right um and margit winemacher's over there uh published a blog post saying uh they want to speak directly to their audience hmm. who doesn't <laughs> yeah who doesn't yeah. i mean everybody's blogging these days right and yeah. who's reading it and who's actually going to go to your website and actually read it um you know so she says um you know andreessen horowitz is obviously they changed the the game in terms of how venture capital companies market themselves. It used to be pretty quiet and they let their companies um, speak on their, their investments speak on their behalf rather than market themselves. And Andreessen Horowitz went all out. And when you hire one of your partners is coming from, you know, one of the big premier 
agencies, the outcast agency, uh, you're pretty much going to be outward facing. So yeah. they, uh, I was just looking for the line here about what they are doing. We are building a new and separate media property about the future that makes sense of technology, innovation, and where things are going. And now we're expanding and opening up our platform to do this on a much bigger scale. We want to go to the place for understanding and building future for anyone who's building, making, or curious about tech. Mm. Yeah, um, a lot, right? So I'd love to dig into this with you here because I got some, I got some opinions on this. Um, first of all, why, why, why are they doing this, right? So what, what's the motivation? So to me, you know, there's some ego involved. Uh, Mark and I think Ben is the, the other guys, uh, Ben Horowitz. You know, I mean, these guys are not shy. <clears throat> you know, they've, uh, they've done a great job of getting themselves out there. And uh, I think they like the publicity that comes along with being kind of a, a rogue, you know, um, venture capital firm. I mean, I think that's part of their brand is like, hey, we're different. We're edgy. You know, we're not going to be conservative. We're not going to just make these investments and let the uh, portfolio companies do the talking. Like they want to be out there. So I think there's an ego element that's involved here. And then, you know, the other aspect of it, which I think is really fascinating from a media perspective, is this whole notion of wanting to talk directly to an audience, which, you know, I mean, it's essentially saying, hey, we don't give a shit. You know, yeah, we want the journal to cover us. I mean, this story here got picked up all over the place, right? But so they want that too. But what they really want to do is basically uh, do an end around. You know, they want to be able to, you know, um, get quote unquote press coverage, even if it's on their website, without having to work for it, to be honest with you, without having to convince an editor at a top tier pub that, hey, you should write the story and it should be written the way that we want it written. So, uh, which, you know, which is no different in my mind than, you know, any company posting stuff on their blog or on their social media outlet. What do you think? Yeah, well, I think this notion uh, of self-publishing has always been around and, you know, people have been self-publishing all along, but do they have the amplification and the reach to be there. Like, can every yeah. company do this? Can every startup do this? And you know what? Every company and every startup is doing it. At least the good ones are, right? They're yeah. blogging. They're giving out either technical information or corporate information or things that, or thought pieces that um, are important to their respective industries. Um, having a direct channel is quite powerful if you have the audience, right? Yeah. And, um, um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure and everyone can do this. I think everyone should probably work towards this being it. And I think, you know, if you look back, Google was doing this for a long time, right? They're the, they were the leaders of, of you know, what we're going to put on the blog post. Uh, we're not going to do a press release. Right. Um, media will follow us, right? And, you know, what I think, you know, if I was advising a client, I would think, like, all right, are you big enough are you sexy enough are you topical enough to have an audience and i've met many founders of companies who are like yeah let's just do that we'll put it on a blog post and we'll, we'll blast it out to a few people um and you know unless they have those things that are you know other things behind them it's very hard to get the attention of others 
um, outside of, the, of your own little circle, in particular the media. You're right. I'll, I'll tell you what, though, man. I've been. This is a program that um, this reminds me of a program I've been working with my clients on for for more than a decade. I, I call it industry insights, but it's essentially what the uh, Andreessen Horowitz guys are doing, which is, hey, we're going to create what is effectively an editorial destination, and we're going to populate this site with instead of doing, you know, news and information about our own company and our products and services, we're going to do, for example, Q&As with analysts or with investors or with your customers and partners, and they're not going to talk about you, my client. Instead, they're going to talk about the issues that matter to your audience, and we're going to try to drive people to these sites and get people to, you know, form a community, you know, talk about it, post about it, comment on it, and I mean, that's really, you know, it's no different than what what Andreessen Horowitz is doing here. The, the thing that really strikes me is like, that it's just bold to the point of being a little obnoxious, frankly, is that, is that they think, you know, uh, what we have to say and what we have to talk about is so damn important that you're going to come here instead of, or in addition to some of the more traditional media outlets. And I don't know, maybe I'm just a old, PR guy at this point, which I definitely am, but I, I still think there's a lot of value in traditional media. And I, I'm nev never been a big social guy, social media guy. And when I see these, uh, you know, essentially vendor driven sites, I think, you know, it's great for, it, it, it should be, it's great for what it is, which is getting people to talk about um, your space and the issues that are relevant to your customers. But when you try to brand it as, hey, we're creating a media outlet. We're creating a, a media company effectively. It just seems a little audacious to me. Um, I don't know. It's a little off-putting. I'm sure they'll get people to go there, but I, it's hard for me to believe that I would ever think of it as a media site. Yeah, well, it's a place for information and news and what they hope for, and hopefully it'll be positive. I, I, didn't, I didn't share this with you, but Eric Newcomer wrote an article called The Unauthorized Story of Andreessen Horowitz. Yeah. Why Media Whisperer Margaret Wenmacher's is going direct. Yeah. Um, and in that, if I recall it correctly, he, um, he, he, he said that, you know, the shine of what they were doing in terms of marketing before has gone away. And rather than stringing media along in terms of what they were, the stories they were trying to sell, they're just going to go direct rather than compete with them because of, you know, when you're not a bright, shiny new object, you know, media start to look for something else <laughs> to talk yeah, about, right? Do. Your poor investment performance, your, your personalities involved, um, you know, for VCs is a lack of bet, but it could be for an enterprise company, right? You know, strategic bets that are wrong, in the wrong technology. Etc. Even though you came out with something new just like three years ago and was the darling, those things wait, shift. Wait, those things change. Um, and thing. Let me let me ask you a question. Let me just stop you right there because to me, what this what they're saying in in kind of making that point is we've run out of ways to be innovative, right? We're this whole idea of like we're not the shiny new object anymore. Well, maybe you need to go back to the drawing board then and come up with some something interesting to say. See, I think that's why traditional media is so still so damn important because it does act when it's done responsibly. It does act as this, 
um, you know, this sieve where like the bullshit should get stopped and only the legitimate, interesting quality news should get through. So if Andreessen got tired of getting shut down by traditional media because their stories weren't interesting enough, well, tough shit. Like that's, you know, that's how the rest of us live too. Like you just got to come up with something interesting, innovative. And, uh, and I do believe if you've got something substantive, the media, traditional media will cover it. Yeah, I think that's, that's good too. And I, I think what they're doing is though, is also probably a little, goes a little bit beyond that. There will always be stories that the, you can never get the media to tell, right? Yeah. And here is a channel for that, right? You know, so, you know, and Jason Horowitz's blog is actually pretty good. If you're, you know, entrepreneur or founder, you should go through there and they hit all the topics that you need to, you know, how to do valuations, what technologies are gonna be hot. You know, that's sort of like, you know, they're, they're, they are now the trade magazine for startups, right? You know, is that what it's going to be? And how to right. funding, how to be successful, you know, more power to them. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of people took this as a way of, you know what, we're just not going to do deal with media anymore. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you look at it that way, I'm not sure. You're still going to need guys like us <laughs> to yeah, help you out. Absolutely. You know, I tell, I tell my family, um, you know, you know, people ask me what I do. And it's like, I talk on the phone and write memos, yeah. right? Um, and then, you know, well, they ask a little bit more. I was like, I help people get in the news or stay out of the news, right? <laughs> so those are the two things I do. <laughs> so. Well, I'll tell uh, you what, th this is actually, I think this is maybe a good segue because I, I, I wanted to ask you where you go for your tech news these days. Because you and I are old enough to remember a time where there were, you know, a lot of tech publications covering you know enterprise tech type stories that's you know we, we've both done some consumer stuff but i think you and i have a lot of roots in enterprise and that world has changed dramatically over the last 25 years and you know there are sites and there are probably going to be more of them like this andreessen horowitz site um that will become the new tech media hubs um, in the same way that TechCrunch started out, whatever it was, 15 plus years ago at this point and kind of reinvented that space. Maybe, maybe we are going in the direction of, you know, vendor-driven sites like this A16 blog or whatever, but where do you go? You wake up in the morning, you sit down at your computer, you want to know what's happening in the world of enterprise tech, where are you headed? Well, first of all, let me address the, all the pubs that used to have before. And I miss those days. Yeah. <laughs> it made my job a lot easier. It fucking did, man. Like, think of. So, like, you know, there was, I mean, I think the only one that's still around is Fast Company. But they had Business 2.0. They had the Industry Standard. They had every tech trade magazine you could possibly. I was going to say, you're only talking, those are the cool ones. But, but who are the, I'm talking about the, I'm talking like Interactive Week. Interactive Week. I remember that. <laughs> Been a while. Right? PC World. You know, some people on here they they won't even know. I mean, I'm, I'm saying, but like, that, <laughs> like you know, there was a time when when you could pitch like a product, a new product story, and there were like half a dozen trade pubs out there, you know, and they they had editorial calendars and beats assigned to writers, and it was all published on a website, you know, and and you could like pitch a story about a new product, and like it wasn't gonna be like 
you know, a thousand words, but you could expect like three, 400 words about the product and how it fits in and the new features and functions. That world is gone. Yeah. Like, that world is gone. But these enterprise tech companies, and that just, you know, happens to be the space that I'm pretty active in, those companies are still around. So I, I, I think, you know, I'm just wondering, yeah. like, are we so, going to end up pitching A16 to cover the new IT you know, monitoring software next week? Yeah. Unless you have, yeah. And, and even if you had a good pitch, would you go there? I don't know. I, I'm no, I wouldn't go there. I can't even uh, go. So, so here's the deal. Think about it. Mark Andreessen, I think, was it 2011, 20, 2011, I think it was, wrote a seminal piece called Software is Eating the World. Right. And, like, you know, everybody started using it in their pitches and, their VC, and they did business models around it. Where did he go? The Wall Street Journal. Yeah. <laughs> he did not go to no. A16blog.com. No. Right? Um, you know, on, on the, back on the news media thing, uh, I start my day at the top, so I'll do Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, just to kind of get those headlines. Yeah. I try to read the Wall Street Journal at night before I go to bed. It usually publishes around 9 p.m. and just kind of flip through that really quick. It shows up in my inbox. Um, uh, but my, my source is really tech meme. Um, that is more, you know, encompasses some enterprise stuff <coughs> um but a lot you know also some consumer tech and like you i'm an enterprise tech guy i don't deal with it but i, I find that uh tech meme uh does a good overview of that and if anybody hasn't really used that it's great they also got a great events board where you, in subscription you can find out whatever event is happening maybe we can get them as a sponsor uh, yeah hey do you i mean like do you go to you've been like do you go on, uh, go to informationweek.com? I mean, that's a relic, but those guys are still there. They don't work well, the same I go to way them they used to. I have, a, I have a client in the software space, so yeah, I kind of go there. But I don't, <coughs> I go there when it's a Google alert, right? Hmm. I'm not typing in informationweek.com, right? Um, I am, I'm going to some of the, the newer sites in enterprise tech. So like what? The new stack yeah. is one. Yeah. Uh, the next platform by Timothy yeah. Cricket Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is really good. Um, and then. Uh, you hitting CIO.com? Not really, unless I'm looking at something CIO related. Hmm. But I do scan it every now and then, but like on a daily, um, I'm letting tech meme take me to a spot. Um, and sometimes that's business press, and sometimes that's a trade press. Um, and then, you know, so there's, what, what's happened is I think there used to be sort of these broader, so you always had your mainstream pubs, right? So you always had, you know, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, et cetera. And then you had these magazines that were business pubs like Fortune Ford magazine. And then these newer pubs like business 2.0 or fast company that were cool slash younger, um, you know, how to make it in the business world kind of thing. And then you had your traditional tech trade, right? So those were sort of the, the horizontal things that cover like computer world or, yeah. or whatever. And they, you know, they, they covered a, a PC, they covered a router, they covered those things. What I've found is things have, you know, even gotten more granular. And so in the storage space, you have block and files of Chris Miller and he's just literally, you read him, right? Which is an offshoot of the registry. Same thing for hyperscale computing, whatever that means, right? To the rest of the world. 
um, Timothy Prinkett Morgan. And the new stack is straight up cloud native technology, right? Yeah, so the ones that are succeeding are in those sort of hot spaces. And you know, if I had a, a crypto client, I'd probably be reading Coinbase every day, but I'm not. Yeah. Right? It feels so, to me like there's a like there's a an opportunity for someone to aggregate some of the enterprise tech stuff. Um, yeah, I'm talking you know, about the new. You know who said that? Who? Tech Target. Yeah, you know what? You're right. And I fucking love Tech Target. Let's give a shout out to Tech Target right now because yeah, they, they even, deserve it. Those guys yeah. are, they've been kicking ass for a long time and they've spread it all around, right? They get, they're in every, they got search this, search that, search the other thing. It's all good. They've got news, they have competent writers. They've got a combination of features and daily stuff. They have syndication. Um, you, remember this thing called, you remember this thing called syndication, Kevin? Sure. The biggest loss that us PR pros have lost in the last uh, decade, the loss of IDG Newswire. Hmm. Remember that? Yeah. Remember IDG News? You get a hit on IDG News and Bob McMillan, somebody worked with in security for a long time. He'd show up in Computer World, ZDNet, or whatever it was, or all the publications, and it. It run in China, Australia, right. <laughs> uh, Singapore, Thailand, I, I, you know, you get that now. Paul Krill over at uh, InfoWorld, sure. they, they still have a little bit of that, right? And they, you know, he, I've seen some pieces, you get a hit with him and, and it, it's there. But there used to be multiple syndications of things, right? Yeah. And not so much now. TechCrunch does some syndications, but they end up on some weird sites. I don't know how they part. I'll tell you what, man, we're, we're 20 eight days into the month, into the uh, month of January and uh, the year 2021. I'm, uh, I'm 28 days sober in terms of not going to the TechCrunch website. I'm trying to, uh, I'm done with, I'm done, man. I'm done dealing with those guys. It's not that my clients don't want to be there. I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll fall off the wagon at some point, but I, I'm done, man. It's the attitude. I just, I can't take it. You know, I just don't want to deal with, I'm getting old. I don't want to deal with that anymore. Yeah, so I I'm, I'm sober, man. 28 days, I'm hanging on. Yeah, I, I don't think it's an old thing. Um, I, I, I think it's a click thing, right? And so it's always been sort of clicky in that sense, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, when Michael Arrington, I remember when he was first starting TechCrunch, he was like, dude, Jay, thanks for this tip. Come over to my house in Menlo Park and hang out. And he was just inviting everybody over. And somewhere along the way, um, and as I watched this progress, it became clicky, almost like a, what I would imagine what it'd be like to be in Hollywood circles, right? You know, who's got the most connection? Who's got this? And it probably still is. And this is probably the nature of business overall. But like, you know, dealing with pub like TechCrunch, where every, where every VC, where every um, uh, uh, entrepreneur or founder feels like, TechCrunch is the be-all and end-all. They publish so many stories, you know, you, you, you will get seen and still, you know, I'm not taking away any of their credibility, but you know, that oftentimes that's not the only place you need to be. That's not it the is, It is still where people want to be. I'll tell you a competing site, which I've always found more attractive. And again, maybe, you know, I think it's a personal thing. Maybe it's just, uh, you know, some of the people that I've worked with at either place, but VentureBeat started around the same time and it's not done nearly as well in fact it's a you know it, it's uh it's not at all like it it was or could have been or, or it hasn't grown up in the same way that TechCrunch has but just i don't know man nicer people 
you know, people I'd rather deal with. Uh, I, I find the, the ego, uh, and this is a generalization, but man, it's just been over and over again. These are some old riders and some new riders, but at TechCrunch, I just, they just rub me the wrong way <laughs> across the board. I can't, I can't, you know, I don't know if they just think they're just, you know, they're hot shit, you know, their site is that important. Um, but I don't know, life's short, man. Like I would rather, you know, work with a smaller outlet, give the story to someone who was going to work a little harder, who cared a little bit more about it. I just feel like every time I call those guys at TechCrunch, like, you know, I got to beg, borrow and steal just to get their attention. And they're doing me this huge favor. And I don't know, it's, uh, it, it's just not a group I want to, uh, want to hang with. I don't want to be in that clique. You know, I'm not pledging that fraternity. Fuck TechCrunch. Here. <laughs> you still need them though. You really want to say that? I don't, I don't think so. You know, um, I, I, I listen, I, I you know, you look at maybe it could be their corporate overload, overlords. Yeah. <laughs> who owns TechCrunch now? Uh, Verizon? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know who bought them. Yeah. I'm not rolled up. Yeah. And then Matt Marshall over at Venture Beat, you know. Good guy. Good guy. He's, he's continuing to do that. And I don't know where he is these days, but he's, he's been behind the scenes doing all that stuff. I so. hope he's on a beach somewhere. Yeah. But, um, but you know, uh, I, I think another thing is probably fatigue, right? You think about it, like they probably were getting pitched all the time by everybody. Oh, if I hear that, if I hear that, you one more time, man. Fatigue, really? I've been doing this for 26 years. I'm fatigued, yeah. okay? I got to send all the pitches. All right, I got I got. I don't want to hear – I tell you, man, I do not want to hear another reporter say, oh, I get so many pitches. You know what? That's the job. Yeah. Right? That's the job. And yeah. uh, if you don't want to get pitches, don't be a reporter. It's as simple as that. You know, it's like when professional athletes complain about their life. It's like, look, you know, that's the job. You know, you're, you're going to get interviewed. You're going to get paparazzi. You're going to, you know, people are going to be, uh, uh, you know, all up on you. But that's just, that's just how it goes, man. You know, you don't hear me complain. Oh, I got to send so many pitches today. That's my job. Yeah. You know, that's what I do. And, you know, and, and you know, t uh, Listen, you know, well, I can go off on a round. I'll save it for the next. Uh, yeah, save it for the next one. Next episode. Coming man. up on time. I got plenty to say. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all good, man. We're going to roll. Where, where next are we on time? We're at, uh, it's been 30 minutes, man. We should uh, let people go and get back to their lives. We should get back to their lives. But I, I got to tell you. Yeah. Going to be good, Kevin. I think we're going to continue to talk about great things. Okay. Uh, I'm surprised at how fast the time went. And, um, you know, we'll, um, this will be good for the listeners and this will be good for us. And I think it'll be good for anybody who's thinking about PR in any way, either whether you're a client entrepreneur founder or a PR practitioner. In fact, for the PR practitioners, get in here and listen to this because um, you know, you're not going to hear it from any place else. we got to combine like 50 some odd years of experience here, man. <laughs> somebody's going to learn something, you know, yeah. somebody's going to learn something. Cynicism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're gonna hear it, man. Uh, I had a good time. Let's do this again, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Oh, we'll, we'll work on our intro and outro music for sure. Okay. Oh, that's a good idea. I got some ideas already. Yeah. All right, brother. We're gonna talk okay. soon. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit this in. All right, signing out. Peace. Peace.